0: Welcome. This is jazz just the way we like it. My name is Alfonso Suveros, and this is our weekly jazz podcast, recorded live at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. We play those classic jazz songs from the 1950s, the 1960s, and the 1970s, and every now and then some of the modern stuff. We discuss social issues and politics. Uh, We play the music that I listened to as a young man, grew up with, and here I am now, playing them for your pleasure, and also to introduce a younger generation to that fabulous American art form, original American art form known as jazz. I'm in the studio with my good friend, for over 60 years, and co-host, Lawrence Williams. What's up, Larry? All right, how you doing,
1: Fonz? What's I'm happening? I'm
0: good, man. How are you?
1: Okay, how about yourself?
0: Not bad, not bad. Rainy weather, man, rainy weather.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should have happened last month, but now we I got know.
0: It. <laughs> it looks like we're getting the April rain this week, yeah, man. Yeah, First yeah. First week in May. Yeah,
1: yeah. Try to make up for the lost time. That's what it's trying to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. They said that we were the... Uh, the reservoirs were, were uh, not at, at the capacity or at the levels they should have been, but they're there now.
1: <laughs> I would think so. Yeah.
0: All right, folks. Uh, let's get things going, man, because we're going to kick it off with this time on this show with some Latin jazz, some early Latin jazz, looking at uh, some of the early contributors to uh, that combination of Latin music and jazz, that marriage between the two. And it goes way back, 1920s, even in New Orleans, where jazz was emerging, there was that marriage between the two. But before we get into the Latin jazz, uh, we always start the show off with a song, a poem, something that deals with the issue of social justice. And here's a piece uh, that goes along with today's theme of Latin jazz. A piece by Roberta Flack called Angelicos Negros. And it's a song about a person asking the painters, how come they never paint black angels? How come there's never black angels in the churches? Uh, Angelicos Negros. And in the middle of this, it's a combination. Not only is it a song by Roberta Flack, but there's a poem within it by Nikki Giovanni. So folks,, uh, sit back and enjoy this piece.
2: Why do you always paint white virgins? Don't you know there are beautiful black angels in heaven also? painters paint beautiful black angels En tierra, con el pincel extranjero, pintor que sigue el rumbo de tantos pintores viejos, aunque sea blanca píntame anhelitos negros que también se van al cielo todos los negritos buenos
3: I used to wonder who I'd be. When I was a little girl in Indianapolis sitting on doctor's porches with post on pre-debs wondering would my aunt drag me to church Sunday, I was meaningless and I wondered if life would give me a chance to mean. I found a new life in the withdrawal from all things, not like my image. When I was a teenager, I used to sit on, on front porch steps conversing the gym teacher's son with embryonic eyes about the essential essence of the universe recognizing the basic powerlessness of me. But then I went to college where I learned that just because everything I was was unreal, I could be real, and not just real through withdrawal into emotional crosshairs or colored bourgeois intellectual pretensions, but from involvement with things approaching reality, I could possibly have a life. So catatonic emotions and time-wasting sex games were replaced with functioning commitments to logic and necessity and the gray area was slowly darkened into a black thing. For a while, progress was made, along with a certain degree of happiness, cause I wrote a book and found a love and organized a theater and even gave some lessons, some lectures on black history and began to believe all good people could get together and win without bloodshed. Then Hamishko was killed and Lumumba was killed And Diem was killed, and Kennedy was killed, and Malcolm was killed, and Evers was killed, and Swerner, Cheney, and Goodman were killed, and Luisio was killed, and Stokely fled the country, and Leroy was arrested, and Rapp was arrested, and Pollard, Thompson, and Cooper were killed, and King was killed, and Kennedy was killed. And sometimes I wonder why I didn't become a debutante, sitting on doctor's porches, going to church all the time, wondering, is my eye makeup on straight? are withdrawn discoursing on the stars and the moon instead of a for real black person who must now feel and inflict pain <laughs>
2: Quiere heredí de Santos, de Alcoba. Sí si tienes alma en el cuerpo, porque al pintor en tus cuadros. Te olvidaste de los negros Siempre que vinda
0: Wow, man, that was a powerful piece. It was actually, uh, that song is actually a poem that they converted, uh, Roberta Flack converted to a poem. I mean, a song that was, and with Nikki Giovanni, with one of her poems reciting in the middle of this. How'd you like that piece, Larry?
1: Man, that was something else. Uh, um, The fact that uh, the clarity uh, that, Roberta has, her voice is also uh, a beautiful voice. And the fact that she's able to articulate uh, a Spanish uh, language that is not, you know, not not our primary language is really great. The thing that really struck out to me was uh, Nikki's, uh, I think it was the last few words in the poem that you must feel pain and inflict pain as well, which was really talking to the Black Revolution at the time. Uh, and uh, man, I I mean, she's powerful. Yeah, I mean, she is powerful.
0: Yeah, I think that was done in the seventies.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because she had she had just about everybody who had passed away. Yeah. She mentioned the two Kennedys. she yeah. mentioned King. And when I wasn't when I didn't hear King in the beginning, I said. With the, with, and then you know, and yeah. then, then, then she finally came to King, but I think mm-hmm. she was doing it in chronological order. It and sounded then, like it. Yeah, and that's the reason why it came out that way.:
0: And uh, you know, she's, she's close to 80 now. Uh, Roberta Flack is, uh, I believe, uh, in her late 70s, and she's in a wheelchair. I think she lost her, she cannot sing anymore.
1: She lost her voice.
0: Uh, There's some kind of medical issues going on with Roberta Flack. Uh, You know, time goes on, man, we all age. Yeah, Uh, yeah. and, And aging can be a joyful thing to some respects, and it can be a not so joyful thing, especially as we approach
1: death. Yeah.
0: And that brings me to something I wanted to talk about, uh, the right to die. Uh, Last week, Vermont passed what is called the Medical Aid in Dying. The Medical Aid in Dying says if you have a chronic illness, a terminal illness, and you have six or less months to live that you can receive medication that would speed up your death. Now, it's not new because that's also in California, Colorado, Hawaii, Maine, New Jersey, Vermont, uh, Washington, uh, D.C., and Connecticut. But what's new in in Vermont one is that all these other states say you have to be a resident of the state. Vermont says, you know, you don't have to be a resident. Just come here if you're terminally ill and you don't want to suffer during your last six months. Uh, You have a right to die. Larry, should people have a right to die?
1: Um, It depends on your point of view. And if you ask me personally, uh, should they have a right to die? I would say... They would have a right to die, but I would have a problem with it myself because of the way that I was brought up, and that is because of you know the religious point of view. I was taught uh, from childhood that uh, God is the only one, in quotation, uh, the one that uh, can can take us out of here. But I believe, you know, that. <clears throat> um it is a it is a it it is your right to uh take yourself out if you want but you know it's not something that i would <clears throat> i would promote it wouldn't be something that I would promote because of the religious aspect of it um um but you know it's not an easy issue about how do you feel about it? i mean like yeah, for me
0: well this 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 I give you a consideration uh, when we talk about the right to die. Uh, In this country, but also in some other countries, you know, you have this large population of baby boomers. Baby boomers are basically people born between 1946, 1945, and 1980-something, the low 80s. Mainly born from the, in the United States, from the million GIs who came back from the war. All right. 10,000 baby boomers reach retirement age, which is 65, every day. According to, to ARP, uh, that's 10,000 every day. And it's a, this is number is expected to continue into 2030. This means that nearly seven baby boomers turn 65 every minute in this country. By 2030, the United States, for the first time, will have more 65 and older residents than children. I mean, it it raises some issues not only uh, with medical, how do we care for them, but also with Social Security. And, you know, uh, the major risk for Alzheimer's is between 80 and 85. That's when people at that 50 percent risk of developing Alzheimer's. The thing why that's important, because if you develop Alzheimer's, you need total care. And that's very expensive, around the clock, 24 hours. So... You know, we have an aging population in this country, like just like Japan. Japan has a serious problem. China is facing a problem. The only place where there is a young population is Africa, where the average age is is twenty five or something like that. You know, so we have an, an aging population. Right now, if you look at the whole population, life expectancy is about 77, 76, it went down a year or two. And that was due to drug overdose and gun violence. But that's not a true picture. You have to look at life expectancy post the age of 65. If you make it to 65, you're expected to live to 82, 83. All right. And if people have illnesses and serious illnesses, uh, should they be able to take their life? Uh, I don't know if it has to be a terminal illness like this medical assistance thing, but it, it's a question that we have to wrestle with. Either we're going to uh, support elderly people or we're going to give them a way out. I mean, we're you and me. Uh, we're both 76, and I know 25 years ago, we had no idea that we will be at this age. No way. In fact, we probably, from where we came from, in many ways, are underprepared for where we're at now. Yeah. You know, uh, and...
1: Uh, you know, the life expectancy when we were born was 63. Yes. And now now it's like <laughs> you said seventy six seventy seven um that's a difference that that's a yeah. actually that, it's,
0: it's' for if you get to be sixty five it's eighty two eighty three yeah
1: yeah yeah then there's another that's another another thing altogether yeah so um times have changed and and um i mean there's um voluntary youth, euthanasia that that the Hindus and the Jains do yeah uh, through fasting which is uh, Preyo Versa and s- santhera, those are the ways that you can uh, the, the, the ways that you can uh, commit suicide and it's through voluntary uh, yeah. uh, 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 starvation. Uh, and that's that's you know that's okay. Like in India, um, where here we we're still. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you said like there's five uh, states that right now that allow for it, but you have to be terminally ill, terminally ill, nine, and it has to states. be assisted by a physician.
0: Yeah, but you have countries in the world where it's allowed: Austria, Belgium, Canada, oh okay, Colombia, Luxembourg, Netherlands. New Zealand, Spain, Switzerland—they—they they allow you at a certain age to to be able to take your life,
1: whether or not you are yeah. uh, terminally ill or not. Exactly. Wow, I wasn't aware that. That one I didn't see. I didn't see that.
0: So uh, they have some form of it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an issue, man. It's a, it's an issue. I'm, I know when you're young, it's not an issue. You don't even want to, you don't even pay it no mind.
1: You don't even want to deal with it. I mean, yeah. You know, because
0: you know, I was just listening to a the Surgeon General that was talking about the mental health crisis of loneliness. And uh, if we're looking at loneliness with people in their 20s, you times it by 10 with people in their 70s where there's less and less social connection, and many of them don't even have the social connection of the Internet. So, you know, uh, it's it's not a pretty picture, man. They don't, you know, I, I remember reading once where they said you can measure a society by how well it cares for its young and its elderly, uh, and there's a there's a lot of room for improvement here. Yeah. All right. That's that's uh, an ongoing crisis, man. And, and, you know, I, I look at myself and say, okay, if I live 10 years from now at 86, what will be the quality of my life at 86? Will I still be have the capacity to do podcasts or do some of the things I like to do? If I can't do these things then, what will I do? What will I do in between meals and doctor visits probably
1: that's a big question that that is a big question yeah, that's probably that's not big, much. no it's probably not I'm that you have I look at people in my neighborhood who i've uh seen like twenty years ago when I first came into the neighborhood and how they're walking or not walking or they have uh uh walkers or yeah. Um, canes in order to get around. Uh, quite a, not quite a few, but a few of them have passed away already, um, and they were like in their seventies when they did. So, um, I mean, it's it's something that I look at. I look at uh, because of the fact that uh, how things are changing uh, with my body and. Uh, I'm curious if I do live another 10 years, what is it going to be like? I try to, you know, I yeah. walk, and it's getting, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to do the walking that I used to not even think twice about. Um, I know. I forced myself to do it, and, you know, another five five years from now, I don't know whether or not I want to be and, able to And do we
0: that. were runners.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were runners. <laughs>
0: Imagine if we didn't run all those years.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, forget about it.
0: Yeah! About. Wow! All right, folks. Let's 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 get on a very uh, a happier note. Yeah. Let's start <laughs> listening to some music. You know, we're going to do a little thing with Latin jazz, ma'am. We're going to go back to some of the early Latin jazz artists. And when you talk about Latin jazz in this country, it begins with Machito. Uh, Machito was born in 1909. Unfortunately, he passed away in 1984. He was a Latin jazz musician uh, who really helped define Afro-Cuban jazz. He was uh, one of the fathers of Sasa, the main man in Latin jazz in this country. He had an effect on uh, Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, Many jazz musicians lived in East Harlem. There's a street named after him, uh, Machito. And here's a piece by Machito and his Afro Cuban orchestra called Mambo Inn, in which he recorded in 1957. Mambo Inn, Machito. <laughs> Machito in Mambo End recorded in 1957. Now you know this Afro-Cuban music was played in Cuba, so it's really you know it, it it developed in Cuba. Same time jazz was being formed in the United States. It was Machito that brought the two together and exposed American uh, musicians to the Afro-Cuban rhythms and beats and songs. How you like that piece, Larry?
1: Yeah, that was really good. Uh, uh. The piano, uh, there was a piano part in there that reminded me a little bit of uh, Palmieri. Um, Mm. um, It's something that I think I've heard before, but it was really nice. I like the way that they, uh, you know, Mm. the the music, uh, you know, um, put everything together. It's just beautiful. And Machito, like you said, was like, you know, for a pioneer in terms of bringing jazz and Latin together.
0: Yeah, uh, oh yes, uh, lived in East Harlem. I think it was on 111 for 112th Street. Uh, one of the streets are named after
1: him. Yeah, I've um, been up there and I've noticed that, yeah. I, in fact, I've been I'm jumping ahead.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it was a, a block from where I used to work for 20 years in East Harlem. Well, let's, let's talk about another famous man when we talk about Latin jazz, and no other than Mango Santa Maria. Mango Santa Maria, born in 1917, and unfortunately died in 2003. who's was a Cuban percussionist and band leader. Uh, spent most of his career in the United States. He's primarily a conga player. Um... In the 60s, he had a lot of hits under the Boogaloo Dance Crave of the 1960s. His biggest hit was the Herbie Hancock song, Watermelon Man, which was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998. He recorded a lot of salsa, Latin jazz albums. In 1950, Santa Maria moved to New York City where he became part of Tito Puente he became the, the Kunga player. In 1957, he joined Cal Jada. And in 1959, he recorded Afro Blue, which is now a jazz standard. And it was also played by John Coltrane. So here is uh, Mango Santa Maria afro blue and he's recording this at the village gate sit back folks and enjoy this piece
4: Babá, o Rico <música> do
0: Mungo Santa Maria at the village gate in 1967 10 years after he first wrote afro blue in 1957 how'd you like that piece Larry
1: that was really good uh, uh Oscar Brown jr put words to it and uh Erica Badu also uh did a rendition of it yes. so it's 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 uh it's a great piece I mean like oh man the, the rhythm in that in that uh, you know, it's constant. It's like, ooh, driving. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> no, no, no. Love the way that they do it.
0: I know, I know. Uh, yeah, man, it was a. Uh, he was a fantastic cougar player, brother.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably one of the best, if not the best.
0: Yeah. Well, you talk about classic jazz songs. Here's another piece, man, by Steve. Uh, No, not Steve, this is Arturo Sandoval, Arturo Sandoval. Uh, He's also a Cuban-American jazz trumpeter, pianist, and composer. He lived in Cuba. He was influenced by the jazz greats like Charlie Parker, Clifford Brown, Dizzy Gillespie. In 1977, he met Dizzy and they became friends. In fact, Dizzy was his mentor and he helped him defect to uh, the United States while he was on tour with a Cuban group uh, with the United Nations Orchestra. Uh, he became an American citizen in 1998. Uh, this guy's won four Grammy Awards, Billboard Awards, won Emmys, performed in the White House, and in 2013 was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Uh, Arturo Sandova uh, here's a piece by Arturo Sandova and this is the second part of a famous jazz piece Night in Tunisia so sit back and enjoy okay. <laughs>
5: Do you do it? 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 Little Labour, <laughs> little 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 Little
2: Little
5: Little 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 but little, 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 little
0: What happens when the... Pro- Larry, talk to me, brother.
1: Oh, man. That was so good. He's so fast. He, his tempo is so quick. It's so unbelievably how quick his tempo is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just like the way that he plays. Uh, no,
0: go ahead. Talk. Tell me, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, he... Uh, I mean, like, the, the, uh, the group, the, the whole thing was good. I, I don't think I've ever heard him before, I know I've seen the name, but he must have been playing behind somebody, and I just can't remember who he was playing behind. Um, uh, but he's great, he is great, I mean like, I, I cannot, cannot believe how fast uh, he he is with the notes as well as with the voice. Is he the
0: fastest trumpet player you ever seen?
1: I think he's probably the fastest one I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody um <clears throat> were able to put that many notes in such a short time. <laughs> and it's just not just notes. It is a it's a, a work in progress. I mean it's like it's really like it's a song <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. Including, you know, including his rip. He was really doing a great, great thing there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it,
0: that. Pretty good uh, group behind him too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The guys that were behind him, they were, like playing to him, and he he would, uh, they would he would say something, and then they would uh, try to answer. Oh, they would answer back. Yeah,
0: that. What do they call it? Uh, call and. Re-
1: yeah, call and something. I forget what it's. called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? that's what was happening right with that. I
0: know, man, man.
1: Yeah, so it was. I mean, it was really good. I was. I I didn't know that. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen the name on the albums and I'm not quite sure where, but he is hes really tremendous. He's really something else.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, he's a well recognized trumpet Afro Cuban, man. Yeah. The Afro yeah. Cuban produced some folks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well,
0: here's uh, one more, folks Steve Oquendo, who's from the Bronx. And this is a piece that he did not too long ago at Hostos Community College, where I used to teach, uh, featuring Candido Camero. Now, Candido Camero is simply known as Candido. Okay, C-A-N-D-I-D-O was a Cuban uh, kunga player, bongo and kunga player. He's considered one of the pioneers in Afro-Cuban jazz, an innovator, and. This was done a few years before he passed away. I think this was done in 2016. I believe he passed away in 2020. And this is a part of his performance. And he must be in his 80s at this performance, man. And they wheeled him in in a wheelchair, man. my man can still play the kungas, man. And he's playing with uh, Steve Oquendo and his Latin Jazz Orchestra. So folks, man, sit down and listen to this amazing, amazing music. (laughs)
2: Mambo, 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 mambo
0: That is uh, the Steve Oquendo uh, Latin Jazz Orchestra featuring Candido Camero Uncungus at a concert at Hostos Community College in 2016. Larry, I know you like that piece.
1: Yeah, that was beautiful. (laughs) Man, to think of a guy that's 90-something years old and he still still has it, you know, still can play that congo. Candido was really popular at one point.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely, man. Wow, man. Whoa, man, it's getting to be that time, man. Wow, Larry, I think this was a nice little trip down some early giants in Latin jazz. Uh, Mochitos, Mango, Oquendo, a number of folks we looked at, listened to, and had an opportunity to share with folks. Uh... I hope the people out there enjoyed the show, enjoyed the podcast. Larry, thank you for being here, brother.
1: Thanks for allowing me to be partake of this. This is really good. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Enjoyed
1: but this was really good. I love Latin music, and the guys yeah. that you put on today were really tremendous. Yeah.
0: That had a, uh, uh, a role in our, hit, in our past growing up. Yeah. Well, folks, you are the soul as always, controlled. thank you for listening. Such a funny and thing, but until the next time, me, peace and
5: love. You give me a smile and then I'm wrapped up in your magic. There's music all around me, crazy music, music that keeps calling me so. Very close to you, turns me your slave. Come and do with me any little thing you want to Anything, baby, just let me get next to you Am I insane or do I really see heaven in your eyes? Bright as stars that shine up above you In the clear blue skies How I worry about you Just can't live my life without you Baby, come here Don't have no fear Oh, is there a wonder why I'm really feeling in the mood for love. So tell me why I start to think about this weather, my dear. This little dream might fade away. There I go a-talking out of my head again. Oh, baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together? That would make me strong and real are one I'm not afraid I'm not afraid if there's a product above us go on and let it rain I'm sure our love together will endure a hurricane oh my lady won't you please let me love you and give me relief from this awful misery what is all this all love me my sweet I am not
2: afraid not anymore, not like before, don't you understand me? Now baby,
4: please hold
2: yourself
4: together, do it soon. My soul's on fire, come on and take me, I'll be what you make me, my darling, my dear. Oh.
5: Let's visit out there in that new promised land. Maybe there we can find a good place to use a loving state of mind. I'm so tired of being without and never knowing what love's about. James Woody, you can come on in, man, and you can blow now if you want to. We're through.